Levite married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. But when, he could hide, when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Thank you. So, really, that story, it's in the Old Testament, and it highlights to us that um, there can be all kinds of situations and circumstances that mean we can no longer care for our own children. It's either, it's either not safe or we're not equipped. And there are many, many myriads of reasons why children need to be adopted. And, and this story that we didn't see <laughs> shows us that actually um, we can open our homes and we can open our hearts and we can um, adopt. So I'd love to invite Ben and Sophie to just share a little testimony. Thank you, Ben. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm going to, again, read like Kate was reading so that I don't get wrong um, what we're going to say. But, yeah, we just wanted to share our testimony and how we've got to where we are today. So statistics, it's always good to start with numbers. Um, there are around 4,000 children cleared for adoption, as Kate said, um, and only around 300 adults that are actually ready to adopt. So there's quite a big uh, difference in the numbers. You might be sitting there listening to these statistics thinking, what can I do? What difference can I make? There's a story of a man who was walking along the beach and he found thousands of starfish washed up on the shore, all helpless. So he starts to throw them back into the sea one at a time. Another man sees this and says, well, what's the point? You're not going to make a difference. The man replies, yes, but I'm going to make a difference to that one. And that's how we feel. We're going into this process of adoption because we have been called by God and we want to make a difference to that one. As usual, as God usually does, he spoke to Sophie first. <laughs> Uh, about adoption we prayed through it and then Sophie handed me this book it was called Home for Good uh, now if you know me well you'll know that I hate reading and that I rarely get past the second chapter um, but I felt my spirit wanting more and more to read the chapter to read the book every time I put it down 
Um, several times I was tempted to stay on the train and miss my stop so that I could read more, which was usually on the way to work. Um, I often felt like breaking down in tears as I was reading because it was so emotional what I was reading. It's a book written to provoke people to care for vulnerable children. It uses testimonies and stories of children in care, as well as first-hand accounts of the pressures and difficulties parents face too. But most importantly, it uses the, what the Bible teaches, that we ourselves are adopted into God's family, that we should care for the widows and the orphans. James 1.27 in the Amplified Version says, external religious worship that is pure and unblemished in the sight of God the Father is this, to visit and help and care for the orphans and the widows in their affliction and need, and, that, and to keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated from the world. God has really spoken to me through this book, and he's used this book to grip my heart and open my eyes to the need. Vulnerable children need unconditional love. We have spent a lot of time praying with friends and have started to build a support network around us of close friends and family and other people that have adopted and gone through the same journey that we have. We had a word for us as we were starting the process that there were no well-worn paths. That although we have adopted before, it is uncommon to adopt without either having your own children first or tried and failed and using adoption as a last resort. Sophie and I are responding to God's call to grow our family through adoption. We are trusting in God and have faith that he will provide for us and children in our care. Already we have experienced setbacks as we have started our process. And so we need your help and your prayers and the support of this church to help us not trip or stumble in our journey to adoption. Tempted to do a round of applause. Go on. I'm a bit old-fashioned. I've just got paper, just like Kate. Um, so, yeah, as Ben said, God calls us all to um, care for and to protect and to love vulnerable children. Um, throughout all of history, through all, all the Bible, he's calling us to care for these vulnerable children. And that manifests itself in different ways for different people. Ben and I have specifically felt the Holy Spirit call us to grow our family through adoption. Um, but for different people, it would manifest in different ways. It might be foster care, or respite care, teaching, social work, through politics and policy, social justice, charity work, fighting against abuse or child trafficking, or getting alongside people doing these roles. Um, and, yeah, sorry, just don't want to hold this. <laughs> you got a thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do a dance. <laughs> No, that's not in my notes. <laughs> anyway, 
yeah, so God calls us to do this, and it manifests itself in different ways for different people um, through the things that I just read out and through getting alongside people doing those things practically, spiritually, and emotionally. And all of those things are just as important as each other in God's plan to set the lonely into families. So there's so many ways that we can respond, and I just really urge each of you today to ask God how this is going to look in your lives. We're all individually called to respond to this. Um, so ask God what it's going to look like for you. Be open to the Holy Spirit and act on what he's telling you. As a church, we need families to wrap around vulnerable children with unconditional love. And on top of that, we need the rest of the church to wrap around those families with unconditional love so that when we get to the end of our tether, you guys are already there tying your tethers to ours. So that would be really good. Thanks. <laughs> so I just wanted to share a little bit about my journey behind the motivation to respond to this call. Um, and that's our position. I've already mentioned it a few times today that, in fact, we are all vulnerable children that have been adopted by God into his house. That God gave us redemption and salvation so that we may be adopted as his sons and daughters. Um, which is brilliant. Um, so I just want you to imagine for a moment... Some of you will have to imagine harder than others. Um, <laughs> some won't have to imagine at all. But imagine you're one of these people that gets crazy excited about the new iPad coming out. You've got the Apple logo seared on your heart. Um, you're really excited. You've spent months saving up for it. You've monitored all the rumor websites. What are you pointing at, Anna? <laughs> You've spent months... <laughs> Um, saving up for it, looking at the rumour websites, when is it going to come out, when are they going to announce it? You've skived off work to camp outside the Apple store for three days. <laughs> he didn't do that. <laughs> um, so that at nine o'clock on that release day, it's yours and you're the first one to get it. And it's yours, brilliant. You've got your iPad? Just as a visual aid. Um, yeah, it's yours, you've got it. You've bought it. And it's, it's nice. This one's a bit big for me, but it's a nice bit of kit, and you're excited that you've got it. You've finally got it. It's mine. And you get it home, and you're really pleased with yourself, and you put it down, and you look at it. So nice. Yeah, it's really good. I'm really chuffed with myself. And, oh, yeah, that'll keep me, yeah, that'll keep me excited for a bit. But you don't turn it on. You don't plug it in. You're just really excited that it's yours. You can hold it now, man. It's too heavy. Um... And so you're not using it, you're just looking at it. And it gets you excited for a bit, but that doesn't captivate your attention for long, and you soon move on to other things. Um, maybe after a conference or a weekend away, you might get excited again. You might get it out, and you might look at it again and feel really chuffed that it's yours. But again, it doesn't keep you captivated for very long. It doesn't keep you going. Um, and that's because buying the iPad was not the purpose of buying the iPad. And that's... That's my story, not the iPad bit, that's Ben's. Um, <laughs> but my, my faith has looked like this for a long time. And quite recently, God has just really revealed himself to me as dad um, and as father. And he's teaching me about my position in him, that I am his adopted child. And when you start to understand that, it just changes everything. Just everything changes. I'd, when people ask me about it, I say, it feels like I've become a Christian again. I've been knocking around for 10 years trying to, get, trying to grab onto something, but not really understanding who I was or my position as his adopted child. 
and it changes everything, and it brings with it real relationship, a real longing and desire to be with him, a true devotion, and a sustained motivation to act out what he's calling us to do, even when it gets tough, because you're now living in a surety of your position as God's child, and with the authority of, do you know who my dad is? And it changes everything. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. And God's plan has always been adoption. That redemption and sal- He sent Jesus for redemption and salvation so that we may be adopted. The whole goal of Jesus coming into the world was to secure the believer's adoption. That Jesus jumped through all the hoops of the adoption process, which I hear is difficult, um, to bring us into the Father's house as God's children. And that adoption means a transfer. It means you get a new name. You belong to a new family. You get a new identity. You get a different way of recognition. There's new rights. There's things that you couldn't do before that you can do now. There's new authority. We are joint heirs with Christ. We have joint seating with Christ. We have brought, been brought into the fold of the Trinity. So we can say, do you know who my dad is? Do you know who my brother is? Do you know who my helper is? And when that's, when that's your motivation, it changes everything. Thank you. That's really powerful, isn't it? That um, we, can, we can have been around church all our lives and never had that revelation that God has called me daughter. He's called me son. And um, Galatians 4, at 4 to 7, I read from the Amplified. But when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, to purchase freedom of, that is, to ransom, to redeem, to atone for those that were subject to the law. That's me and you. We were all subject to the law. That we might be adopted and have sonship conferred upon us and be recognized as God's sons. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, 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 Dad. And if you've never had, like Sophie was sharing, that that moment of revelation, or if the Holy Spirit is bringing it afresh to you, I just encourage you to open your heart today. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Let him seal that deep within your spiritual identity, that you are a daughter, you are a son, you are loved, you, are, you, have, you hold the same rights as Christ Jesus because of the, the sacrifice that he made. Let God reveal his overwhelming Father's heart of love for you today. Let today be your adoption day. This is Adoption Sunday, but let today be the day that you're adopted as a son, as a daughter in Christ. Allow God to minister these words to you from Romans 8. For the spirit you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption for which we cry, Abba, Father. And God's got that for all all of us today, that spirit of adoption that we can just respond to. We can say, we don't have to do anything. We just have to accept it and just fall back on that marshmallow of love God has, that that Father's heart of love for us. The other thing um, Ben and Sophie picked up on was um, how God puts the lonely in a family. 
So, so we're talking about adoption, and it's not just like these guys that are actually going to embark on the process of adopting. But as Christians, we're all called, we're adopted, and now we're all called to adopt. And that can look um, in very different ways, but can we open our hearts and our homes and set the lonely in a family? You can be in a crowded room and be utterly alone and feel that sense of loneliness. And you could be sat next to somebody today who is completely alone. They don't, they, they're not connected in. And, and you can open your home. And as a personal testimony, when, when we were um, living up north, I was very much from quite a formal background. So when people would come over, they would be invited. And then they'd come and sit down and have napkins and have proper dinner. And then they would leave. Um, whereas I married a, a man who... He's got three siblings. His parents were pastors. And so every, every Sunday, there'd just be like international students over and they'd just have a house full. It was, it was chaotic and it was bedlam. And so for me, this was a revelation. I was used to, you receive an invitation, you accept the invitation, you come, you sit, you eat, you leave. Um, and this was a whole new thing. You open your home. And so I had to um, let God do a work in my heart that allowed me to... to open my home to um, let God put the lonely in a family. And, and, and so much so, we got to the point where I was the opposite. The door was always open. And, and John was like, babe, can we just have one night? Just one night. <laughs> God sets the lonely in a family. Family is on God's agenda. The other point I wanted to, to mention today was um, being secure in God's love. And Ephesians 1, 4-5 says... Even as in his love, he chose us. He actually picked us out for himself as his own. That we should be holy and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he ordained us. That means he destined us. He planned in love for us to be adopted as his own children through Christ Jesus in accordance with his will. And that when I was reading that scripture, the thing that really struck me, because, um, you know, kind of looking at adoption and all, and all that and looking at the statistics and, and then looking at what God says. And what really struck me in there was that he planned us in love. And, I, and I, it just made me pause and it just made me pray for those um, who don't feel that they were planned in love, that don't feel that they were born into love and and the kids we've been talking about today and and even maybe you may feel that that you weren't planned in love you weren't um, brought into this world with love and with choice behind you but God's truth smashes that lie because the truth of the word of God is before the very foundation of creation he called you, he designed you, he chose you to be his. And Ben and Sophie, if you chat to them afterwards, they'll tell you that, that it, they've got to offer a child a home um, and a child will, will bring them so much wealth back. But equally, they get to choose. And for an adopted child, you're chosen. And, and that, that truth that God has chosen you, he looked upon all of the humans in all of civilization over all of time and said, I pick you. I love you. I desire you. I want you. I call you as my own. 
So for us, salvation is actually adoption. We can't be saved unless we're adopted. They kind of run hand in hand. God's heart is adoption. And Jesus said to the disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. And he wasn't walking out on them. He was walking ahead of them. He wasn't giving up on them, but he was giving them away to the Father's house. He wasn't rejecting them, but he was embracing rejection so they could be accepted into a family. And so his death has allowed us to be welcomed into the Father's house. Jesus has done it all. He's bought it all. He's paid the price. All we need to do is accept it. So very clearly, I think from today, we've learned that actually if we're not embarking upon the process of adoption ourselves, literally, we need to be supporting those that are. We also need to be adopted by God. And then we need to adopt others, whether that's extending a hand of hospitality, whether that's extending love, whether that's praying for those who are um, adopting. But the Holy Spirit has got a calling for us all on adoption, and we can respond to it today. There also may be those of you here today that have heard the cry of the fatherless, and a bit like me when I read that scripture, feel called to your knees, called, called to pray for, for those um, vulnerable children who don't have a home, who don't have dad, who don't have mom, allow the Holy Spirit to give you that burden, to give you his burden, and pray. Pray for those children. Pray that God will put them in families. Pray that the right families will come for them. Pray for Ben and Sophie that, that the right family will come to them. We've, we've all got something to give to adoption because we've all been adopted. And I think if that one thing you take away today, just open your hearts and let, let a response come. We've all got something to give because we all have been adopted. I think we've got a clip and I think it's going to work. 